Welcome to the First Prez Podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. Our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Prez at firstprezcos.org. Well, real quick, friends, I just want to say a special uh, thank you to Jan Weiser, director of the Vivace Bell Ringers, who after uh, 37 years of leading has announced that this is her last year with us or last couple months, retiring soon. Yep, thank you. Well, we're in this uh, series, we're looking at Psalm 40, we're walking straight through it verse by verse, and we're picking up at verse 6 today, and so I want to invite you to open your Bibles or turn them on and uh, get yourself to where you can have the text in front of you as we look at, uh, at, at these few verses of Scripture in the middle of Psalm 40, verses 6 through 10, and let's, as we open the Scriptures, let's open our hearts in prayer. Lord, please, we pray, add to our reading of the Word a spiritual and divine understanding of the word that we can hear not from uh, the page but from you, our Lord and our God, and our hearts can be warmed to know your love for us. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Psalm 40 at verse 6. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. Then I said, here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, my God. My, your law is within my heart. I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from the great assembly. This is the word of the Lord. We're grateful. Amen? Well, we're talking today about unstuck show up. I was honored to represent you last week in Mongolia with our Mongolia Mission Partnership and and, uh, I'm going to confess to feeling a little disoriented. It's true. Uh, last week I was preaching, I'm not kidding, in a converted communist movie theater that's now a church and uh, pre- had the honor of preaching. Isn't that pretty cool? Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> the Lord's doing great things in Mongolia. And the, the sermon there is one hour. Oh, yeah? You're ready? Okay, well, we'll see how we go. But... Um, but I was teaching and preaching over there with our partners, and, uh, and here's how mothers carry their kids in, uh, in Mongolia. I think we're going to have a slide here. Oh, are we not going to have that picture? There we go. You got to bundle them up pretty good over there, you know? 40 degrees below zero sometimes. Uh, actually, I'm just kidding, because I just downloaded that from the internet. We were in a... Uh, 
<laughs> we were in a, a very modern city, and, uh, and it was very warm at the time, so uh, mothers over there carry their kids the same way we do. But it made me think of you guys, uh, you mothers out there, because I think there's a way that, that mothers never stop carrying their kids, do they? Never stop carrying them and gather them around. They're always, they're always being lifted up and, and carried. So I sure do love and appreciate my mother and my wife, Abigail, and, and, and I hope that you can smile on and bless all the mothers in your life today and the mothers in your memory. And get them a mop bucket. <laughs> See how that goes. <laughs> well, we're in this series called Unstuck, looking at Psalm 40, because God knows that this life has pain, and Scripture speaks to how hard things can be in this life, and that sometimes our life feels very, very stuck. Common culture today starts from the idea that our natural state, the default state of our soul, is happy and balanced and confident. And that if we're not naturally feeling happy and balanced and confident at all times, well, then, it's, then something is wrong with us. And, and, it, and if there's something wrong with us, then we don't want to be around others because they might see that there's something wrong with us. And so what we're going to talk about today is that we have this tendency to withdraw, to withdraw and to get alone when we're feeling stuck. But most of the Christian thinkers that I read through history, they didn't look at it this way at all. They actually looked at it in the opposite direction. They believe that the soul, the psyche, or internal person has a tendency to descend, has a tendency to, to, to go down with a kind of a weight or a gravity. It's not the natural state of the soul to be by nature happy and confident, but it's weighed down. Internally, our souls are weighed down by our own uh, regrets, our own disappointments, our own worries, uh, decision fatigue, uh, disappointment, pain from mistakes we've made, everything, that's all inside. And so then we look externally where the world is no help. The world is going to drag us down a little bit. So you look outside, I don't know if you've noticed, but the world is, is unfair. And you may have, have realized that there are people out there in the world. Have you noticed that? A lot of them are behind the wheels of cars when I'm trying to get somewhere. And some of these people are wonderful, uh, but some of these people are very hard on us. And there's all kinds of difficult things out there in the world. There's war and there's, there's conflict and natural disasters and all of that. So the more natural tendency then is for our souls, if left alone, to go down, to descend, to decline, to get heavy. That's the more natural tendency. And that makes sense, doesn't it? If we don't go to the gym and take care of our bodies, they start to, to erode and, and, and decline. If we don't uh, work on our, our yards, they start to get terrible and, and we have to work on them. Things in this world naturally come to pieces and they need attention to stay together. Well, John Calvin, in his commentary on Psalm 40, said Psalm 40 is a good example to us because the instability of our nature commonly tends to draw us downward. 
The instability of our nature commonly tends, usually tends, to draw us downward, he said. And all of us, from our proneness to yield to delusions, see, we're quick to believe, we're quick to believe lies, all of us, from our proneness to yield to delusions, are tempted by many wicked examples. What's he saying? He's saying, look, our natural tendency is for our souls to get heavy and to descend. And then we're surrounded by examples. And, and it's our natural tendency to follow the dark stuff down rather than to look to God and possibly rise. Without intervention, the soul naturally descends. Happiness and joy and confidence and balance are actually things that require work and intervention, both to achieve and to maintain. So we're talking about that. We're talking about that in the series Unstuck. You know, the medical community in our, in our nation is alarmed because for the third year in a row, life expectancy in the United States has actually gone down. Do you know that? Life expectancy is going down in our country. And the reason why is because of what they call deaths of despair. That's not my term. That's the CDC's term. Deaths of despair. Opioids and suicide and drug and alcohol-related deaths are actually on such an arise that the life expectancy of a United States citizen is going down. We've got to find a better way. We've got to find a cure. Now, I want to be very clear, and we want to be very clear. We affirm the reality of mental illness. We affirm the reality of depression, bipolar disorders, anxieties, all these recognized uh, conditions and illnesses by the mental health community. And we in no way, and Pastor Katie talked about this last week, in no way do we wish to push some kind of a spiritual whitewash over these very real illnesses and conditions. In fact, we've asked uh, our counselor community to review our messages each week to make sure we're not saying something that might do damage rather than help as we talk about these very serious issues. And we highly recommend going to a counselor and getting help when you feel like you're in that stuck place because there's so many things that you just can't see that are weighing you down, and a counselor can help you. So we've put a link on our webpage and a phone number in the bulletin for you to get started on that as the Lord prompts you. But we also want to say, we just want to affirm, God knows about this pain. God sees this pain, and the Bible speaks about this pain. And you are not faulty if you do not feel naturally happy and confident. So don't get walled in by false expectations. See, here's the point. See, when we expect that the natural condition of our lives is happy and confident and altogether in balance, and we don't get it, well, see, we think that something's, again, we think something's wrong with us. And so we're walled in by false expectations. We don't want to interact with others because we're worried that they'll see what's, what's wrong inside of us. And so the walls close in, life narrows, and soon, tell me if I'm wrong, but soon, 
That is when we reach for the unhealthy escape. Another drink, another pain pill, another, another trip clicking through the screen. If I click through the screen, I'm immediately going to be taken out of this life and into some other life. Just like that. And instead of, uh, you know, following down those tracks, which after an hour or, or a day later, life is only narrower, tighter, thicker with despair. Instead of following down those tracks, the Lord says, please, turn to me instead. Turn to me instead. But that isn't easy to do alone. Listen, loneliness is nothing to solve alone. You've got to show up. Don't withdraw. Psalm 40, you're stuck in the mud. Boy, I love that video, crawling through the mud. And, uh, and, and you're stuck in the mud, as, as we talked about last week. You're stuck in the mire, and that's such a good image because not only does it, it sink down, but it kind of sticks to you, and you carry it around. Once you've stepped in it, you've got a little of it with you, right? And, and it's weighing you down in your life. And when you're in that condition, you cry out to a God who hears. So Pastor Katie gave us the first five verses last week. We pick up right at verse 6. Look at verse 6. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. What is this about? Does God care more about the external or the internal? What do you think? Oh, we'll all say internal, right? Many of us will know internal, but how are we living our lives? See, often we, we, we know that God cares more about what's going on inside than outside, but when we're stuck, we get into a position of bargaining. If I get the outside things right, if I do the right things on the external, if I do these, these right religious things, well, then maybe God will bless me. Maybe God will intervene. In fact, God will have to bless me because I did these external things, these external religious behaviors. God cares about our hearts, And we get postured into thinking that life with God, life in the church is all about managing our external behaviors when God is much more concerned with what's going on inside, you see. It's it's like the man that I heard of recently who said, um, I tried God and it didn't work. And, And he was asked, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, I tried God. I went to church every Sunday for two full months right? And he said, well, what do you mean it, it didn't, didn't work? He said, well, during that same two full months, my truck broke down, I lost my job, and my girlfriend left me. I tried God, and it didn't work. See, we think if we get these external behaviors, then God's going to have to respond to give us what we want. Listen, God is not a slot machine. You can't just keep dropping the coin in, waiting for the payoff to come back your way. God doesn't promise a pain-free life. God promises life with his presence. And we can't treat God that way. We can't deal with God that way. And the more you get into that posture, the further away God is going to seem in your life. God cares about your heart. So what does it say here? Sacrifice offering you did not desire. But what my, my ears 
you have opened. Open your ears, your internal life. Open up to God what's going on inside. And you know what else? You get the word of God in there. Look at verse 7. Then I said, here I am, I have come. It is written about me in the scroll. I desire to do your will, verse 8, my God. Your law is within my heart. Open up your heart. Open up your ears. Open up your internal life. Open your heart to the word of God. Let that come in to the inside. See, I open up this Bible, and it isn't just God's story that I see. I open up this Bible and I read the story of a God, a God who who made me, a God who loves me, a God who intervenes to rescue me and and, and who cares for me. And I, I hear the story of God. But here's the amazing thing. I don't just hear God's story in this Bible. I find my story in this Bible. I find that it's written about me in the scroll, that somehow this pertains to my Life And my story is wrapped up in God's larger story. Oh, how different suffering looks when we see our story or or our particular chapter of our story as part of a much larger narrative, a much larger story. Do you see that? It says it is written about me in the scroll. Do you find your story in the word of God? You let the Word of God in. The Word of God also penetrates our hearts and starts to change things from the inside. The Word of God can change you from the inside. The external changes when the internal leads the way. So you change your heart and the rest will follow. God's Word changes your heart and you want different things. Look at verse 8. I desire to do your will, my God. What a strange eventuality that that at some point the word of God entering my life changes the things I actually want. And now I've got a different desire. I've got a desire to do your will. You see, God cares about what's going on on the inside. He wants there to be love in there. He wants something to change in there. As Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commands. If you love me, you'll want to live life the way I live life. If you love me then from the inside, then things will change on the outside. Behavior follows heart, and God can change your heart. Well, now we get to the point this morning. You say, finally, thank you. We get to the point, right? Finally. Here's the point. When you feel stuck, you think something's wrong with you, You withdraw. You break relationship. You stop coming to church. You stop talking to your friends. Psalm 40 says, cry out to God, number one. Cry out to God and get with people, number two. Get with people. God cares what's going on inside you. God cares with the position that you're in and and where you're hurting and stuck. And God can change you from the inside out. But also, don't withdraw. Go to the community of faith. Go to the people of God. Go to the church. Show up. Show up. Don't disconnect. You see, look at verse 9. I proclaim your saving acts. Where? In the great assembly. 
I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from who? From the great assembly. Well, this is the great assembly. You might not know that. You might not feel that way this morning. But you can turn to your neighbor and say, you're great. Go ahead. Because you know what this psalm is talking about? It's talking about the people of God gathered in his presence. The great assembly. And it says, I don't neglect to go to the great assembly. I go. And when I go, I don't, I don't hide what's going on in my life. I love that part of it. There's a great insight in that. I don't hide what's going on inside my heart. I don't seal my lips and keep it secret and hide it. Do you ever feel like hiding? And, you know, and I think it's so insightful because it goes both directions. When something's wrong in our lives, we feel like hiding it. We don't want someone to see where we feel stuck and broken and wrong. But you know, when something's going right in our lives, we sometimes hide it. We don't want to show what God is doing to make our lives better. We don't want to celebrate what God is doing to change things. In fact, sometimes we're in such a a posture, we're in such a place of of being that that kind of cynical, hurt person, that person who has the reputation now of being a little dark and being a little wisecracking and sarcastic, and and I've earned that, you know, by my pain. And I don't want to to lose that posture. Does anybody follow? Does anybody relate with that? See, there's this thing that we do where we're too proud to be healed. There's this thing that we do that we're too, we're too cool to be happy. You see? And we get stuck in that place. Listen, don't hide. Don't hide. Don't hide where you're stuck. Don't hide where God's at work pulling you forward into health. Don't hide. But look what happens. You go to the great assembly. Some of you I know, you're in a place, I just want to say, you're in a place where the only way to go is to link in online. And I say, bless you. Keep showing up. Keep linking in and being with us, right? We're glad that you can do that. We're glad that you can worship with us from where you are. Keep showing up. Because look what happens. In the assembly, among the people, among the great assembly, in worship, In the community of faith, something happens. We are reminded of who God is. It's all here in verse 10. What I want you to do is just take your pen, your pencil, and underline in your Bible as we go through five words that you find in verse 10 of who God is. Look at this God is righteous. Underline righteousness. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. God is right. God is good. He's good all the time. Sometimes I don't feel that. I may not feel that way right now, but I need to know that it's true. I need to know that God is good. When I'm uh, not feeling that way, when I'm trapped in the mud, when I'm in thick uh, bitterness in life, when life has been unfair and I'm feeling the pain, I need to be reminded of that fundamental truth. God is good. He's righteous. Number two, I speak of your faithfulness. God is faithful. 
He's no different today than he was yesterday. And he's going to be the same God tomorrow, no matter what you're facing. He is faithful and he endures. He is steady on the same. He's not going to change. There's no variation. God is faithfulness. I may not feel it right now, but I know it's true. And I need to be reminded. Third, God is Savior. I do not hide your saving help. God saves. I know it's true even when I don't feel it's true that God intervenes and saves my life. Fourth, I don't conceal your love. Even when I'm in a stuck place, when I'm feeling deep down in the mud, when I'm feeling like life isn't going where I want it to go, I don't conceal your love. I don't feel that it's true, but I need to know that it's true, that you love me, Lord. And friends, you do know that it's true. You do know that God loves you. Listen now, if someone came to you and said, you know, I'm just in a place, I'm not sure if God loves me. What would you do? You would, you would jump on that, wouldn't you? Are you kidding? I don't know a lot of things, but I know this. God loves you. He loves you. And if you don't believe that right now, I just want to be the one to tell you, God loves you. Wouldn't you do that for that person? Now, when you're in a stuck place, can you turn around and say that to yourself? Hey, kid, you may not feel it right now, but you know it's true. God loves you. Love. Fifth, I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness. We already did faithfulness, right? Come on, you're awake. It was already up there. Okay, here's what I want you to do. You've got you've to underline that and write beside it in your Bible, on the margin of your Bible, write the word truth. These are two different Hebrew words for faithfulness. The first one has to do with endurance and steadiness. God is faithful, he's steady, he endures, he's un- unvariable. The second one has to do with truth. God is true and his truth doesn't change. God is reliable love and God is reliable truth. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. I'm disappointed. The walls are closing in. My emotions are running away with the shop. I remember. I remember these five things. God is good. God is faithful. God is Savior. God is love. And God is true. When I don't, when my heart won't believe it, I will let my mind Remember it. I will use these five truths to speak to my emotions no matter what I'm feeling. You see? Your soul naturally gets heavy. But with intervention, it can rise. And God sends truth to lift you up. It's like five rungs of a ladder that he's he's sending down your way. Hold on to these things. And where are you reminded of these truths? Where? You're reminded of them in church. When you're in the congregation of the faithful, these truths won't return to you when you're sitting alone in the dark of your closet. These truths won't return to you when you're spending, you know, 12 hours uh, on the Xbox, you know. 
alone in the basement. These truths won't return to you when, when you refuse to talk to your friends and you cut off connection with your loved ones and you won't tell anyone how you feel inside and you shut down and just stare at the television, you know, for 10 hours at a time. You're tempted to withdraw, but don't. Show up and let these truths return to you. Here's why. Because when you can't remember it for yourself, the church can remember it for you. When you can't find these truths on your own, the body of Christ is here to help you find them and remember them. And they will tell you, remember, God is good, God is faithful, God is Savior, God is love, and God is true. Hold on. These things we know. You see, church is a gift. Last week in in Mongolia... They're just learning about God's particular provision for for the Christian, this thing called church. And in fact, what we did, First Pres, in partnership with them is we held a a partnership conference about how ministries work together. And one of the great joys was to see leaders from all these different ministries come together to this conference to learn about partnering together, that we're better together. It's It's no good alone. And God doesn't want us to run off alone. He brings us into the joy of partnership and of the church. We're not alone. We're not alone. That's the gift of being together here this morning. Mother Teresa said, the most terrible poverty is the poverty of loneliness and the feeling of being unloved. We're not alone, friends. Colossians 3 says this, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When you're stuck in a hole, look up. If you're in Christ, if you've given your life to Christ, if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, then the Bible says you are, you are in Jesus Christ. Your life is hidden in his life. And if you are in Christ, then Jesus has already died and he has already risen and he is already in the heavenly places. And you are in him. And so what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of death? Death has already been accomplished by Jesus Christ. Are you afraid of pain? There's no pain that you could go through that Jesus didn't already endure. And there is no pain that can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. What are you afraid of? So set your mind on things above, not on things below. Your soul has a natural tendency to get heavy and descend, but with intervention, it can rise and listen. Jesus is your intervention. He is the one. Your life is hidden in him, and he knows the way up. But look at this now. I want you to know this. Set your minds. That verb is not singular, that's plural. This isn't something for you to do alone. This is something for you to do as a church, as a people of faith. 
when you can't remember, let the church remember for you. When you forget, the body remembers for you. When you can't look up, this body of Christ looks up for you. When you lose track of who God is, don't withdraw, don't isolate, show up, join in the praises, and let your lips even move a little bit, okay? Let your moves, let your lips sing just a little bit. Whatever noise comes out is fine. Because you're just joining in the body of Christ. When you can't sing, let others sing for you. When you can't pray, let the body pray for you. When you can't remember the goodness of God in your heart, let the community of faith testify to you. God is righteous. God is faithful. God is Savior. God is love. God is true. The soul descends without intervention and we withdraw. Loneliness is nothing to tackle alone. Jesus is your help. Your saving help. Together, we remember. Let's pray. Lord, life does get heavy. And we can easily shut the doors of our hearts and our minds, withdraw to lonely places when we feel disappointment, when we feel a loss of hope. I pray, Lord Jesus, for a strength today among all those gathered here, for a strength that reaches out and opens up, that shows up and joins in the songs of the great assembly. Lord, when we can't remember, remember for us through the gift of your body. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the First Prez podcast. If you would like more information, you may visit our website at firstprezcos.org.